Welcome to Retention Chronicles, a podcast sponsored by Malomo, a shipment tracking platform that helps e-commerce brands turn order tracking from a cost center into a profitable marketing channel. On this very special episode of Retention Chronicles, Blake Imperial, who heads partner community at Attentive as the manager of partnerships, growth, and insights, Attentive is the largest SMS marketing platform for Shopify merchants that really helps them to deliver powerful commerce experiences at scale. We are not kidding when we say that Blake is the expert. There's so much great content in this episode. I'm so excited for you all to hear it. He walks through his experience in bringing his perspective as both a user and an expert working in SMS to the table. Blake also shares his opinion as to why he thinks SMS has gotten to be so popular and references a really cool study that Attentive did. He paints a 360 view on what Attentive can easily do for their brands and how SMS marketing can complement email marketing to create a bulletproof network of communication for your customers. In his opinion, he has seen SMS being used as a tool for relationship building and that can really complement email marketing which can tend to be more informative. We then dive into the do's and don'ts of conversational marketing and some examples of how strategies can differ based on industry. We are very excited to announce the Attentive and Malomo integration is now live. So we chat a bit about the why and the what behind this integration and how brands can really use the Malomo data to hypercharge their Attentive platform and their SMS marketing strategy. Blake then walks through some really cool use cases with current brands that stick out and are doing some really cool things through SMS. So if any of this sounds like something you're interested in, which it should be, please enjoy this episode. So welcome, Blake. We are so happy to have you on Retention Chronicles this week. I thought it would be great if you could give an intro to yourself, uh, your position, your background, and what Attentive does. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be on the show. Um, so my name is Blake and Pearl. I head partner community here at Attentive. Um, I sit on the partnerships team. Um, I'm in this community facing role, sort of like the outermost facing part of this partnerships team. Um, I, I do a lot of things here at Attentive, um, but I guess I before I talk about what I do, maybe I should talk a little bit about Attentive and who we are. Um, so Attentive, we're the industry leading uh, conversational commerce uh, platform. And we're focused really on reinventing business to consumer communication. Um, our SMS for software platform really helps anyone from entrepreneurs to enterprises really strengthen and scale relationships with their consumers in a new way. So through two way real time personalized messages, we drive billions of dollars in e-commerce revenue for at this point over 4,500 leading brands, which is hard for me to wrap my head around. I think we just have this explosive growth um, and it's really been great to be on this rocket ship. Um, but we work with brands like CB2, Vita, Urban Outfitters, uh, Jack in the Box, Coach, just to name a few. Um, and we help these brands to really deliver powerful commerce experiences at scale. Um, so that's a little bit about Attentive. Um, what does my day-to-day look like? I, I really, you know, I do a lot of things in my partnerships team through events, thought leadership, um, speaking on awesome podcasts like this, um, and just general com- community engagement programs. Um, I think of my role here and and what I do at Attentive as sort of like this spider web kind of crossing over and building this kind of rich community network around um, this already robust partner ecosystem that we have and we've been building out here um, at Attentive. 
Right, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And how did you kind of like get into the space of like building out that community for Attentive? Yeah, I, I think I have a really unconventional path to getting into marketing technology. I think as most, <laughs> as most do. Um, and I had the privilege of being a super user of the Attentive platform like long before I ever even came to uh, marketing technology. So at my core, I'm a D2C marketer. I spent the bulk of my time and my career there. Um, I started cutting my teeth a few years back in conversational marketing, which is now I think being called retention marketing or lifecycle marketing. It, it changes every year, um, but that's things like email, SMS, and even messenger marketing at the time. Um, so I was at an e-commerce agency. Um, I, I did a lot of work there to really build out retention marketing programs for uh, D2C brands. Um, also started up my own side hustle uh, consulting for a lot of brands, and I still um, did that up until I came to Attentive. But in 2019, um, SMS was kind of like an emerging channel. Um, it's when I got into SMS marketing. I wouldn't say I was like a pioneer in this space by any means. Like there's people far before me doing this stuff. But um, SMS was just something that not a lot of brands were thinking about. Not a lot of people were talking about in the space. Um, and I saw the channel's inherent value as this relationship building tool. And so I started to really double down on SMS with all the brands that I was working with. Um, and once I got serious about SMS, I quickly made the switch to Attentive and I haven't used another platform since. Um, so flash forward now, 2021, um, I had an amazing opportunity come my way to actually take the plunge into marketing technology um, and go lead growth at a company called Tone, um, which is a conversational SMS platform. So I actually ended up meeting their founding team, giving them so much product feedback that it turned into a job. Um, and so I was at Tone for just a few brief months, uh, helping them lead growth until we were acquired by Attentive in June of 2021. Um, so that's how I got my way to the Attentive partner team and really now building out this community role and using a lot of the kind of the knowledge and, and background that I have in, in this retention space to really kind of help drive that forward. Um, so you, I guess you could say I've lived the life of an end user of this platform before I ever got to come here. And so now seeing the other side of that is a really interesting, really awesome experience. Um, I'm loving the challenge of really adapting and working in this industry and not having some of those conventional tool sets. I think that some other people in this space do, um, but it's been the best decision I think I could have ever made. Okay, and so how do you think that's helped you? Like, because you said you're a user before, you're um, like an employee, you're working in this space. Like, does that give you a different perspective and that's helped you then grow tone and now attentive? Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's been, um, you know, one of the things that it, it's bringing a different perspective to the table, I think, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, I'm sort of, you know, I, I, I'm sitting in this community role, but a lot of what I look at, what I'm helping with is enablement, you know, both internally within our own teams, you know, talking about how, how do we tell this narrative of SMS, um, if it's with an agency partner, if it's with a technology partner, um, you know, and showing what's possible with the channel. Um, or additionally, you know, externally, you know, a lot of the thought leadership that I'm doing, um, you know, speaking at events and kind of helping to drive forward the narrative of Attentive. Um, I'm just really passionate about talking about SMS. It's a little bit nerdy, I think, to say, but <laughs> I think it's um, it, it's really great just to be able to have some of that subject matter expertise, living that life and then getting to kind of now, um, you know, help others, you know, find their own kind of way too. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's nerdy at all. I think that's beautiful. And it really, your passion for it shows, which is so cool uh, to just like hear that opinion from your side. And I kind of relate too, because I feel like the brands that some of the brands that I used before SMS uh, became such a, um, you know, a hot topic in the e-commerce world. I feel like I saw it first as a consumer where I was like getting texts or I was like sign it, 
you know, opt in for uh, text notifications about your uh, your order or, you know, our marketing. And I thought it was really cool. Like I kind of relate as you're talking about through the journey of like a user first experience and then working in the industry now and kind of being on the flip side, it's, it's really cool. Um, and in your opinion, what do you think, like, why do you think SMS has become so popular over the last couple of years? Because I feel like a couple of brands were maybe doing it, like the huge brands, but now it's like, no matter what size a brand is doing, I think it's kind of on the in on the forefront of everyone's minds. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think it's a great question. And, you know, like, like I kind of I said in the onset was like 2019 when I got into the space, um, you know, like having that conversation with, with brand founders was like, you know, it's very, um, you know, we're, we're doing email marketing, you know, we're doing something else. We're, we're really in on paid marketing. And um, it's it's been this kind of shift, I think, in the last two, three years, as we've seen. There are really two key factors that I point out personally, which I think have kind of caused some of these shifts in mm -hmm. adoption of SMS, like as this preferred own marketing channel. Um, I think the first trend is this e-commerce boom that we've been in. You know, I, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, beating a little bit of a, a broken narrative here with, with saying this, but I think it's worth mentioning is that, you know, like we've really been in this boom now where mobile commerce, I think accounts for it's almost three quarters of all total e-commerce sales. Um, you know, by the end of 2020, I think mobile commerce reached about $338 billion, uh, which, you know, represents about, I think, 25 or so percent year over year growth. And so consumers and brands really these days are mobile first. And it only makes sense that we're on our phones more often, you know, with things like the pandemic, you know, embracing this mobile first shopping kind of experience. The average U.S. consumer, and I'm, I'm very guilty of this, I check my phone about 96 times a day, I, I, I would say. <laughs> I, I think that's the stat. I'm sure it's it's probably almost over 100. You know, if you, if you look at like you know, some different, um, you know, Gen Z and things like that too. And so when you look at these trends, additionally, I think in 2013, about 90% of the population had a smartphone, or actually a, a cell phone, and only about 50% had a cell phone, a smartphone. I'm sorry. And in 2021, 97% of the population had a cell phone, and I think it's about 85 or so percent having that smartphone. So we're also you know growing with smartphone adoption. Um, being that mobile first internet kind of based you know, device and SMS is the perfect channel to, to really tap into something like that. And brands are needing this channel to communicate with their customers. It's personalized, it's conversational, and that it's really built for a smartphone. Um, SMS is, is that channel in a lot of ways. So I think that that's the first trend, you know, kind of this growing, shifting kind of uh, consumer and, and just overall market behavior. Uh, but I think the the really the second one that I point to that has been like, I think the definite needle driver for a lot of D2C brands is this data and privacy and first party data movement that's happened, you know, over the last, you know, 12 months or so. Um, and so, you know, it's getting harder to reach consumers on digital advertising and email channels. And so brands are now looking at zero party data, first party data, things like that for the answer. Um, zero party data which is something that a consumer actively shares. And then first party data, which is like behavioral interactions, you know, say you browse the site, you click on a text, things like that. Um, those are kind of become buzzwords in this community, but I think for good reason, these are like the building blocks upon which brands can build effective acquisition, retention and customer experience strategies. And, you know, as a way to circumnavigate these changes, brands are really prioritizing a channel like SMS, which is built on that first party data capture and zero party data capture to be able to create those personalized experiences uh, for their consumers. So um, I think it's a little bit of, you know, consumer trends, but then also just like a strict need of like, we need a channel that we can actually go and retarget and really communicate with our customers in a meaningful way.
Right. Can you, can you dive into, you mentioned like SMS being built on that first party and zero party data. Can you kind of like dive into what you mean by that? Yeah, for sure. So I think I'll start with the first party data because that's a little, a little more common, I think. So, you know, SMS is built on identity capture. Um, day one, you know, we're capturing a lot of really, you know, valuable data points. Um, you know, things like where they're located, you know, um, you know, what's their phone number, we're stitching that to, you know, that identity. So now we know when they interact, you know, we're going to be able to grab things like, um, you know, I browsed the site and I looked at specific products, I purchased this specific product and tying that back to that customer profile. Um, you know, different, just different site engagement things, you know, what, I, what uh, pages I'm viewing, all these different things that kind of like it's the mobile phone number is like the modern cookie. And, and in a lot of ways, right. I think, you know, like we, we lost the cookie with some of these things in data and privacy changes. And so now this is kind of a new way of doing that. So we're able to paint this 360 view of, of what you're doing at any really given time on the site or just generally engaging with the SMS program. So that's some things with first party behavioral data. Those things trigger all of our automated messages and some of the additional segments that we might build to retarget a customer. So if you make a purchase, you know, we're going to be able to actually, okay, Mariah made a purchase, um, let's send her this text. So those are the things that that kind of first party data unlocks. Um, zero party data, and this is something that is, you know, being enhanced a lot by some of our two-way messaging features, which I can talk more about uh, a little bit later. Um, but that's sort of like that preference data, you know, so say, uh, I send you uh, a text and, and you reply back telling me that you're interested in shopping for a pair of blue shoes, you know, and I can now tie that to your profile. So I know that, you know, you're telling me actively you're sharing that data that you want to, you know, buy these blue shoes, for example. Um, that type of data is really, um, you know, so beneficial in a lot of ways because we can use that to actually, you know, personalize messaging further. But then also we're learning more about your your preferences and really being able to kind of um, target you a little bit more, uh, I guess, in a personalized way. Yeah, that's so cool. Thank you for diving into that. Cause I think it's, you know, you mentioned you're kind of like the expert in the field with SMS. You've studied it for so long. You've been working, um, working with tone and attentive. It's so cool to hear you just talk about the actual, you know, like nitty gritty of it. Um, and two, okay. One thing I wanted to get your opinion on as well is, okay. So I recognize you guys did a study on like consumer behavior and why SMS is uh, gotten to be as popular, correct? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, for one of our episodes, I used that study to fact check because at the end of the episode, we'll do a fact check. And one of our brands was talking about SMS strategies. And so I read that actually, and it's really cool. So I just awesome. wanted to kind of connect those um, dots. And so it also leads into the next thing I wanted to ask you about is we have had a couple brands talk about SMS and um, it seems to be that there is this like consensus of, or not consensus, but a little sometimes there's the opposition of like email marketing versus SMS marketing. And I wonder if you have that same perception where they're, if they're either competing with each other or if they can be complementary with each other in a whole like customer retention marketing strategy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's a really great question. I, I actually led a panel uh, a few months back. We, we do these SMS plus events. They're kind of one of our flagship events here at Attentive. And um, the topic was SMS plus email. And so I, it's actually fun, funny to kind of bring this up, but I, I think, um, yeah, absolutely 100% SMS and email should be a part of, a, of any, I think, DTC brand strategy. You know, they can be and should be complementary in a lot of ways. 
um, and, you know, and we, we make it easy to orchestrate that within the Athena platform, you know, um, and looking at where is that kind of preferred channel that the customer wants to engage on and really kind of doubling down on that channel. But additionally, I think it, uh, a lot of the onus is on the marketer or the brand, whoever's on the wheel of both of those kind of platforms to really think about that customer journey. So, you know, we see a lot of brands using SMS as sort of like the relationship building component and, and sort of like that urgency component. And then uh, email is sort of like the educational channel where you can use a little bit more of the long form communication um, to send some, you know, different things if it's like educating them on the product they just purchased or, you know, maybe trying to educate them pre-purchase and then SMS sort of like enriching through some of that, um, you know, touch points if it's transactional updates, if it's, you know, promotions, um, you know, customer service, things like that. So I think it's, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I think in, in a lot of ways it's more, um, you have to just kind of think about how the channels kind of interweave and really where's the best point to, to engage with both because a channel like SMS is going to have higher engagement rates and open rates. Um, but then additionally, you kind of want to make sure that you're also, um, you know, thinking about the different touch points that you would be using both those channels for. Yeah, no, that answers my question completely. I think like the distinction that you made where email you can kind of like it's more of an educational piece um, and then SMS maybe like is the preferred channel for those really important notifications that you want to get. Um, I think that's a great distinction because I have definitely heard the argument of like SMS is more personal. So I think some people are more apprehensive to uh you know jump on the jump on the bandwagon for sms strategy so i think that that differentiation i think helps um kind of kind of display how they can be complementary and both getting at the same aspects or the same event or whatever um it may be but sure having different information so it isn't just like repetitive across email and sms i think that's really important yeah. And that kind of leads nicely into um, some of the SMS best practices that you've seen. So I'm curious if, you know, you could talk about how you can tell a narrative, how you can uh, like walk us through the customer journey through an SMS uh, lens. Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, SMS best practices, um, you know, I think at its core, SMS doesn't really vary. You know, it's this relationship building channel. It drives revenue. It's naturally conversational, you know, we're already texting, you know, in this way. And so I think brands that embrace that, obviously that's really best practice. Um, and it's also, you're getting instantaneous feedback through something like channel engagement. Um, so those are all things I think are common, you know, mainstays of best practice. Um, but really where it does differ is the strategy and, and that can vary, you know, greatly by brand, industry, vertical, all those good things. Um, so I'll, I'll try my best to kind of give you a few different kind of frameworks about how brands think about SMS. Um, so I, I think, you know, two of the ways that we see you know, most commonly are, you know, this first, this loyalty or VIP club approach. So, you know, they're leveraging SMS as a way to kind of be a loyalty program if they don't have a loyalty program already. So some things they might communicate or incentives might be exclusive offers, perks, or maybe even just like exclusive access to tiers or priority. Um, you know, like drops or things like that, that maybe they're only getting to be on that SMS channel. Right. Um, so that, that can be one approach is sort of this exclusive D, like, and VIP type approach. Um, and then also, this can also kind of, you know, be a little bit of a subset, I think, of that VIP approach, but some brands really just dive in on this as a conversational approach. 
And this is my preferred strategy. I think this is a lot of where SMS is headed and generally in the 2020s here. Um, but, you know, looking at things like two-way communication for customer service, um, you know, product recommendations, uh, maybe like consultations. We see a lot of skincare brands who actually have like this sort of like concierge approach um, where, you know, you maybe you don't have that in-store experience anymore, but you can use SMS to kind of give you that um, next best and a lot more use cases around that. Um, so I think within like verticals too, you know, like we look at like fashion and retail, um, that's, you know, most commonly I think brands are using SMS as sort of in the fashion retail um, space, but we're also seeing a lot of different verticals grow. Um, but within, you know, fashion retail, we're seeing things like, you know, communicating product drops, you know, collabs with maybe celebrities or influencers. Um, again, that VIP exclusivity kind of feel. Um, but another really cool use case that I think is actually really interesting. We're seeing a lot of growth in is in the food and beverage space. Um, so we work with a, a merchant like Jack in the Box, who actually uses this to deliver like VIP offers, location-based incentives, um, loyalty programs, you know, and just a lot more to kind of create this true like insider kind of effect. Um, but I, I think the core takeaway of all of this is that like SMS can be the sort of VIP channel, and you should really look at kind of enriching, um, you know, through your campaigns, sort of that like exclusivity. But then also in your automations, like you're really using a lot of that first party data, zero party data, et cetera, to be personalized and sort of enrich that entire customer experience. Right. Yeah, no, I think there's there's something there with the exclusivity factor of it all, because I feel like even just like on a personal level, you tell someone it's like, oh, you have to be a part of this to like be this member. They're like, oh, I kind of want to be like in the in crowd, you know, um, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's awesome to hear. And you touched upon this a little bit of how SMS can differ between like industries or brands or verticals. So would you say, are there common practices like for like food and bev versus like skincare? Do you do you tend to see more of that like consultation piece for like skincare, or um, is it really like across the board or up to the brand as to what um, that SMS strategy looks like? Yeah, sure. I think in, in like traditional retail e-com, um, we're going to see a little bit more of a, you know, kind of full life cycle approach where, um, you know, they opt into the SMS program, let's say pre-purchase, um, you know, you, maybe your automations get them interested and then a campaign converts them. And then you start this kind of retention piece of it, which is sort of like your transactional updates, you know, post-purchase experience, re review requests, loyalty programs, like all these different things come into play. And it's, it's a more like baked out model. I think of, you know, like we're already doing this on email, but now doing it on text. Um, but in like a food and beverage kind of category, um, they're using it a little bit differently. You know, purchase frequency in food and bev can be a lot faster, like Jack in the Box. Maybe you go to Jack in the Box twice a, a month, for example. And so like you're purchasing a little more frequently, maybe you're getting more campaign focused messages. Um, so it can it can vary a little bit depending on the, the vertical that you're in. Um, but like really at its core, like you're still using a lot of that data to kind of tell like what are those messages that are going to be sent out. Right, right. And so to kind of counter that of like best practices, what are some like worries or preoccupations that you see with brands when it comes to like building out that um, that customer journey or that SMS strategy? Um, I, I think the first one, you know, would sort of be, you know, not using the data that you have to your advantage. You know, I talked a lot about like all the, the first party data that we're capturing through SMS earlier. And so like use that to your advantage to personalize if it's campaigns and building out a little bit more effective segments, you know, so 
don't just send one message to your entire list. You know, maybe you want to send a message to your first time customers uh, versus someone who maybe is make, made their 10th purchase with you and, and being a little bit more personalized with how you talk to them. Um, also like automations too, if someone makes a purchase, having like a, a flow set up, this is really easy to do in the Atlanta platform is to segment. So maybe someone who's a, just made their first purchase with you versus a, you know that returning customer and having different paths for them to recognize that kind of behavior. These are really easy to set up, but it's these are the kind of things that consumers are not expecting, you know, that kind of one to one personalization. Um, so I would tell you, you know, using the data effectively is one thing. Um, also, not offering two way communication is, is a big kind of missed opportunity there. Um, I, we, we know that, you know, two way communication builds those relationships. And, and so offering things like customer service is really valuable. Over 70% of consumers want customer service over SMS and that's growing, you know, by, by the month. And so really being able to deliver things like that is a powerful kind of value add. Um, not having, you know, shipping updates. And we're gonna talk about the awesome integration that we, we have here, so I'll, I'll save that for now. But uh, having, you know, different things that sort of enrich the customer experience, um, but that's a big missed opportunity. And then also just keeping it, you know, just promotional focus. I think there's a lot more things that SMS can do that, that fall outside of promotions, but can still drive revenue, can still drive engagement, um, and still really drive loyalty and affinity towards the brand. Right, yeah. I love the two-way messaging that you guys do. I think that's so cool because I definitely, you know, coming from the user standpoint, it's sometimes less convenient to have to, if you're like chatting with someone on your laptop and say you're like trying to leave your house or go do something or, you know, whatever, you don't always have your laptop on with you or, you know, sometimes I don't have a hot, a hot, a hot spot plan. So like I, you would have to be on Wi-Fi to get customer support. So it's so cool that you can use your cell phone and have that two-way messaging. So, you know, it's efficient. It's right there. You can take your phone with you. Odds are you always have your phone with you, right? So I think that's so cool. And I know one of the things you also do is the contact cards, right? Where you can have like a brand added. So can you speak to, you know, like why you think that's important and kind of just like what it is? Sure. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, one thing that might be good if, if you have your phone in front of you, pull it out. And, and if you're on an iPhone, for example, you can go back to your your, uh, your folders and this might be a feature you have to enable. But on my phone, it is. And you can see known senders versus unknown senders. Uh, this is something, you know, like kind of equivalent to the spam inbox on text. And this is right. going to be a thing that I'm not making predictions on what's going to happen, you know, full, full <laughs> out. But I mean, you know, like it, it, it goes a lot to say, you know, I get dozens of spam texts you know a week from from unknown senders and being in that known sender inbox by saving a contact card or having that compliant opt-in you know all these different things that we provide our merchants at attentive is so powerful so if i know you know that you know jen from boxu is now texting me and i have that contact card saved it has you know the address all these different good things that kind of the phone is looking for as sort of like that known kind of sender. If I was to save, you know, just like if I was to save your contact card, Mariah, for example, having that sort of relationship um, goes a long way with deliverability and recognition. So that's that's one thing I can say right away. But then also, you know, you're just giving them a resource to kind of like you're you're extending. It's like the modern business card, I, I think, in a lot of ways too. Like yeah. you opt into a text program, and, and you're also getting that that resource. Um, you know, we can include a lot of cool things on the contact cards, like that address, like an email address, even too, if you, you want to put that in there. Um, so it, it's sort of just like you're, you're extending that gesture, but also you're really getting to that 
primary inbox, which is what we want, uh, you know, when we're thinking about deliverability. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think it's when I saw that, I was like, that is such a cool thing. And that brings us to like our integration, why we're so excited for it. But yeah, so you you kind of hinted at it, our integration um, with the Malomo and attentive integration, which we are so excited for. Um, so I'm going to kind of ask you to give like a rundown of what it is. You already mentioned, you know, the post-purchase shipping notifications that you can build out um, with the Malomo data and kind of like hypercharge the attentive platform. Um, so I'm going to give you give you the space to kind of talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll, first of all, I'm really excited to be able to bring this integration to life and to really, you know, bring two powerful platforms together and enrich this post-purchase experience, which I think is like the most important part, you know, of, of, for a lot of reasons for brands. But um, I think it's maybe important to preface to the why I, I think of an integration like this. So as text as a channel has grown, you know, the demand for more one-to-one -one personalized messaging is growing across that life cycle. Uh, we ran a study at Attentive and the number one most asked for thing in messaging um, outside of traditional messaging was transactional updates about their order. In fact, I think it's over 97% of consumers want to receive messages like this. And right. so this is a, this is a large opportunity for brands to tap into being proactive about their order is really you know uh, a great way to build trust and transparency as a brand um, some really compelling data from our friends over at gorgeous too shows that the number one most common customer service ticket is where is my order and this single question is often just over flooding you know consumer mm -hmm. uh customer service inboxes uh, and it's eating up value valuable support resources that i think could be out solving either higher level tickets, driving revenue through some customer service conversations, or just, you know, being a little bit better staffed. And so an integration like this really allows merchants to get ahead of that and to be proactive. Um, so at a high level, you know, this integration is going to allow for merchants to drive revenue, reduce customer support costs, and ultimately just build better customer experiences post-purchase. Um, you know, if we know that transactional messages are some of the most important messages in the customer journey, and you pair that with a channel like SMS, who already, which already receives, you know, that high engagement rate, which, like, which I mentioned, um, it's really the perfect pairing to reach the consumer in the most effective way possible. Um, so this integration, you know, enriches that post-purchase experience from the start, with being able to implement those transactional SMS journeys to inform customers um, about the most up-to-date status in their orders. So this allows you to really link out to those awesome, you know, beautifully personalized and highly converting, should I say, Malomo landing pages. Uh, which are great for not only informing your customers, um, but also building that brand awareness and you know, and driving additional cross-selling opportunities, even referrals as well. Um, so some you know, other use cases too, I think outside of just that transactional side of this is list growth. Um, you know, list growth is so foundational to SMS as a channel, as we know, um, you know, and being able to offer the customer the incentive of sign up for SMS to receive updates on your order. Um, is a huge value add. And I know a lot of brands are asking what are incentives that we can use outside of discounts that can get people to opt in. If 97% of consumers want to be receiving those texts, this is a no brainer, I think, as another way um, to, to offer or even just to test it if it works better than a discount. Um, and then also we can use a lot of the data from Malomo to actually fuel SMS campaigns for those one-time message sends. Um, you know, to message customers about their orders on like a one-off basis or anything related to their shipment. Um, so, I mean, that that in a nutshell is, is sort of the integration at a high level. Um, there's a lot of awesome use cases and things that can be built out around this, but I, I think this is just overall enriching that post-purchase experience and adding a lot of value to, to the SMS channel. 
Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think like one thing that I've become more privy to has been the importance of that post-purchase data. And you kind of hinted at it because of, you know, privacy changes, but all of the customer or consumer behaviors that are going on after a customer purchases. So like that post-purchase data, that's going to become extremely important as, you know, like the beforehand, the acquisition, the, you know, the uh, pre-purchase data side of things is kind of being taken away or harder to find with the Apple and Google privacy updates. For sure. Yeah. And so one thing you kind of touched upon it, um, but like the excitement around it, I do want to say we are having our webinar, which we're so excited for. That'll be March 8th. And it's great to hear you speak about the integration and excitement. I mean, our team, we're so thrilled for this. Uh, it's coming up this week and it's been awesome. And I think one of the really cool things that you can do with the integration is have that specificity when you're communicating. So anyone who's familiar with Malomo, you know, you can trigger based off of shipment carrier statuses. So things like order fulfilled and um, out for delivery, delivered, things along that case. And I think it's so cool to see um, the customers that are already, you know, our joint customers, how they can build out the different notifications. And like you said, send people to their tracking page where that's just another opportunity to kind of grow that relationship with the customer. Um, and you're able to kind of like customize, of course, customize the tracking pages, however, you know, whatever you want to emphasize, whether it's loyalty or other products like cross and upsells. So I know we're so excited for it. I don't, I think it's tricky to uh, kind of pinpoint what I'm most excited for, but I think just like the potential of seeing how much brands can grow um, is something and like see how the different language that brands will use in their SMS text is something I'm specifically excited for. So I'm curious, is there like one thing that really stands out uh, to you, like with this integration, something that, uh, you know, you're curious to see how it plays out or just generally excited that um, this integration is upon us. Yeah, no, for sure. I think you, well, you, you kind of hit on, I think all the things that are awesome with being able to enrich in the text, you know, like the, the out for delivery, you know, the, like shipped, all these different things that we're as consumers expecting in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I just bought something from Amazon last night and I was still checking, you know, where's the order at on my phone, like every, you know, like five minutes and I'm, I'm really anxiously expecting it. And to be able to actually just use text to communicate that it eliminates a lot of the worry and gives ease of mind, I think, to the consumer. So I'm really excited about that for our merchants to be able to leverage. Um, but I think additionally, like looking at all the opportunities that we're going to have for brands to, you know, to drive back to that landing page to drive additional cross sell, maybe it's loyalty, maybe it's referrals, whatever that strategy is, but using that landing page to, to dynamically insert and then send out to the customer via text. I think there's just a lot of opportunity there for all those things that I mentioned. But additionally, it's like it's creating just a better experience over a channel like text. You know, we're already seeing integrations with things like well, uh, reviews and uh, UGC, like maybe like loyalty programs and those things. So now we're connecting yet another piece of that post-purchase experience. Um, it, it just really goes to show how far I think text is growing as a channel. Um, so I, I'm just, from a retention standpoint, I think this is gonna be monumental um, for, for the merchants that we work with. It's so cool how everything is connected. You know, it kind of is becoming a network and you said it perfectly, like even just like UGC tying in there too. 
of being able to have all these parts that are influence each other. It's, it's awesome. With that, I would love if you have like some use cases at the ready that you could share of just like, what are some things that brands are doing in SMS that are really like sticking out to you currently? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I love this question personally. I'm always subscribing to D2C brands, uh, testing out their SMS experience. I am purchasing from them too, by the way. I'm not <laughs> just subscribing and, and trying to you know get insider knowledge. But um, I think a few things that come to mind, you know, and these are actually mutual customers, some of these of Malomo and Attentive, which is really cool. Um, Nomad Goods, uh, Brewmate, Ren and Glory, Boxu, Big Blanket, and Jack in the Box. So I think three of those five are, are, are mutual customers. Um, but happy to share some examples on those and, and what, what kind of is standing out for me. Um, so Boxu Grocery, they actually save their SMS subscribers the trouble of searching for their favorite products with two-way journeys. We were talking about two-way messaging a lot earlier. And so what they're doing is um, if a subscriber hasn't shopped in a few days after they opt in, they're automatically using two-way journeys to text uh, and ask the customer to basically tell them what they're looking for. And based on what they respond back with, they're sending a personalized recommendation that's relevant to that response. Um, so let's say, you know, I say I'm interested in X and then Boxu is going to actually send me that recommendation specific to whatever I, I replied with. Um, and then so by doing this, they're segmenting those subscribers based on their preferences, making that recommendation in real time to maybe take action immediately. And then also they're segmenting based on that response for future messaging. So it's it's sort of like a kind of this like you're hitting a lot of different things with with one text um, to build out some more personalization, but also some more maybe revenue driving opportunities. Um, so that's a really cool example of, of Boxio. I highly recommend you subscribe to their channel. Um, Big Blanket and Brewmate, these are two other customers I believe are, are mutual as well. Um, they're leveraging back in stock journeys, which is a fantastic supplemental automated trigger. If, you, if you're not implementing that already, um, you know, all these different things that we've been talking about today, you know, transactional customer service reviews, all these different things are connected, but back in stock is something that I highly recommend you do, especially if you have a lot of velocity, um, and, and your sales. And so, um, you know, we, we did a really great case study with Brewmate on this, um, and back in stock journeys. And so they wanted to recover lost revenue and create a positive brand experience. Um, so they targeted subscribers that had viewed a product, but maybe had gone out of stock. Um, so when it came back in stock, they're using text to just basically uh, let them know that it's back in stock. Um, and these messages had about a 23% click through rate. And I think almost a 15% conversion rate, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and so this really helped Brewmate, you know, not only do they provide superior products, but also they're really giving that good customer experience. So, you know, if someone wanted something and it was out of stock to be able to know right when it gets back in stock, that goes back to that exclusivity sort of thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, another really cool example, uh, Nomad Goods, they're an electronics accessories brand um, and they use Attentive Concierge, which is actually the tone product uh, after the acquisition turned into Attentive Concierge. Um, and that's our one-to-one -one conversational SMS product uh, really serves as like a customer service layer for SMS programs uh, that quickly resolves any issues that customers might be experiencing. Um, so that can be like customer support to drive revenue and drive an experience. Um, but these are all conversations done in real time and allowing brands to be able to sort of scale customer service without having to have that team in house. Um, and so it really helps to kind of, you know, handle buying objections which in the case that Nomad is doing, they actually are using concierge to educate about their products, um, answer questions that people might have about them, and really just deliver that one-to-one -one human experience that can kind of crush that buying objection in the moment. 
Um, so they were an awesome tone customer that we had that came over to attentive and not using concierge. Um, great to see them kind of have success with a product like this and I highly recommend that as a best practice. Um, and, then, and then the last example I'll give actually, we were talking about Jack in the Box earlier and, and kind of this uh, different vertical in food and beverage. Um, they're using geo-targeting um, to send those relevant offers and, and also to local audiences. Um, at the time of this recording, the Super Bowl was just a few days ago, and so I think this is a really cool example. Um, last year, um, they, they actually took advantage of the Super Bowl, knowing that the day after the Super Bowl is probably one of the most called off of work days in the entire year for various reasons. Um, but um, they partnered with Attentive and DoorDash actually to drive sales after the game day by running this geotargeted campaign uh, called Super Jack Monday. And so they encourage subscribers to order those munchy meals uh, to help them recover, you know, post Super Bowl um, based on where they were located. Um, so there's a lot of cool things, you know, just that you can kind of leverage across those examples. But it really goes to show like text is a lot more than just using it as that instantaneous uh, promotions channel. Right. You know, that is so cool. I mean, hearing you talk about all those different brands, I mean, like the the even the um, name like that's Jack. What was it? The. A Super Jack Monday. Yeah, Super Jack Monday. Like that's so clever. Um, I can see that definitely resonating with a lot of people <laughs> who call out of work. And too, I mean, Nomad Goods. They are actually they come on. They came on the podcast Chuck at Nomad. Um, just our previous episode. So it's so cool to kind of hear all the different things that they're doing within SMS. And one of the things that we like to end the episode with is just one piece of advice that you would like to impart. I mean, this whole episode has been phenomenal, um, but I wanted to give you the space to kind of add anything else that you would like to kind of leave with listeners. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I thought a lot about this one, trying to think about what would be <laughs> the most value add to, to listeners. Um, I would say um, invest in networking and telling your story on a social platform like LinkedIn, for example, if that's where you're at, if you're on Twitter, you know, whatever that is, um, you know, whether you're a brand, I think you're if you're an e-commerce operator like myself, you know, for the longest time, I, I wasn't a founder. I didn't think I had a story to tell in finding that narrative or if you're working in marketing technology or just really whatever you're doing. Um, just share your knowledge with others, you know, engage in the community and support those around you. Um, you know, joining the D2C LinkedIn community was the single best career move I could have ever made. Um, opened up so many doors that I didn't even know existed, you know, to think where I was at a few years ago to now. Um, I, I owe a lot of that to networking and really just leveraging that community um, that I've been engaging with. Um, so it's, it's crazy to say, but I, I think I, I sort of have been like that kind of like case study success story and like really just getting to know people opened up kind of job opportunities and, and things like coming to tone, which got me to attentive, um, you know, and, and being able to just be open to things like that. Um, those are things that they don't really teach you in college, but I, I think are highly, highly valuable and out in the real world. Um, so I just encourage people to start today, find a story, you know, and tell it and, and, and be, be true to that. Um, you might learn, you know, a new e-commerce strategy. You might learn, um, you know, something you didn't know, or you might even find your next job through through networking. So that'd be my my two cents of wisdom. That's beautiful said and beautifully said. And I completely agree. I kind of live my life to the same thing of, you know, take um, other people's knowledge and be a sponge and impart your knowledge as well. Um, with that, it has been wonderful to have you on the podcast, Blake. It has been so much fun. This has been so exciting. And I am equally as excited for our integration to launch and have our webinar in a couple of weeks. Yeah, super excited, Mariah. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited for the webinar and to be able to share more 
about the integration and just to have a chance to do this. This is a lot of fun. So thanks for having me on the show. For this fact check, I just wanted to re-emphasize the study that Attentive has done on FMS marketing. You can find that on their website. And there's a ton of numbers that Blake references in this episode. So I seriously encourage you to go check it out. It's a great read, super interesting stuff. Blake also mentions that he previously worked at Tone, which was then acquired by Attentive. And that happened in June of 2021. The only other facts that we had to fact check was that our Attentive and Malomo integration is launching February 17th and our webinar, which will also feature Blake, is on March 8th. So if you're interested in either of those, please check out our website. Until next week.